Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Okay, and here we go. Uh, So, anyway, yeah, why? Because Michigan's defensive tackles were doing a great job, number one, but this guy's had issues all year. And there Mm -hmm. were a couple times there, okay, Alabama's moving the ball on the ground in the second half. By the way, their running backs averaged 6.9 yards per carry in this game. Mm -hmm. So they were doing some things on the ground. And Jalen Milrow, too, they started implementing him. Like, I wish Michigan would implement J.J. McCarthy sometimes in the running game, but that's a different argument for a different day. But um, you know what? It, It... works out both ways, right? Michigan made some mistakes in the first half. Uh, Alabama made some in the second half. And when it came down to it, at the end of that football game, it was, I think, with about you know five, six, seven minutes to go is when Michigan played its best football. Yeah. And uh, to me, when they got to overtime and, and and then that last drive, first of all, let's let's go back and let's go to the start of the game because I thought the game plan was outstanding, Skeen. Yeah. What did you see differently? They were putting a lot of guys into motion. They were running some sets that I hadn't seen this year. What did you see from the offense that was a little bit different? Well, the base offense, as far as us blocking, I think we settled in and we got Quorum going on some first downs, which are pretty good. In the first half here, we only had two on first and 10. We only had two rushing attempts of less than two yards on our first downs. That's pretty good, right? So plus three, four, five, six, your second and mid, second and short, that that changes the whole way you call the play or you call the game from the coaching staff. Of course, the pass pro was good uh, in that first half, but schematically, our tight ends were like, where's our tight ends? Where's our tight ends? We thought they were going to be such a big part of this offense. Tight ends are run these little button hooks, and I think they were using those tight ends to clog the middle of that field as we're running crossing routes as Alabama tried to man us up and created some seams. And all of a sudden, we got guys that are open. Uh, you, you know, the frustrating part was where was where was where was Cornelius Johnson? Where was where was our you know our veteran guys out there on the edge? Uh, what role was Donovan Edwards going to have to play? And and you know, so much of this was going through Samaj as a freshman. Uh, it felt like, man, did they really set this game plan up around this freshman? It felt like it at times. So yeah. it's, and I couldn't see from the angle I was watching. There was a lot of the stuff, you know, on the television broadcast there, Ballas. You could, you can actually just watch the sky cam the whole time. Yeah. That's the greatest thing ever for watching line play. So I, I think the the Michigan coaching staff obviously had a great game plan coming in. They executed it very well in the first half. They, as the coaching staff, called it very well. It could have been executed better, I think, if we talked about in the opening of this of this discussion here. If our quarterback just kind of took a few more deep breaths and settled in a little bit faster, because we know how much better than than that he really is. And that, and yet we didn't see. I don't. Bows, do we even throw the ball down the field deep once in that game? I don't think well, we, we did. The Cornelius Johnson, where he actually had him open on the right yes. sideline, and yeah. uh, and he was overthrown. And it was like 10 yards over his head. It was over his head. It wasn't even close. Exactly. Yep. That's an example of JJ, you know, not being JJ. Like you said, normally that yep. ball would be on the money. Yep. So, and then there and were so they, they, some fastballs, I thought, skiing on some of those little slants. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is, it, these, listen, these are, all, these are all indicators of a quarterback who is pressing, who's, again, heart is beating out of his chest. He's, he's breathing hard, his, his 
is just not comfortable out there. And the reason I say this with a certain level of confidence after watching him the last two years and other big games, it's like this kid's freaking out a little bit out here in this moment. And I, again, we've, I've been there. I've been in huddles. It is a big moment. I'm not killing him for it. I just, you know, we, we just expected more out of him. He did a great job leading us in, in so many critical moments. But again, he's better than even what he did. Yeah, and he was the MVP of the yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the funniest part about it. Three touchdowns and uh, the little play, the little flare out to uh, to Blake Corum on, for the first touchdown. Uh, and what a drive, what a response, right, to mm. settle down and come back after the fumbled punt. And special teams have been great all year. I don't want to get – I'm not going to get on Jay Harbaugh. because Some guys made mistakes. You know, it could have been <laughs> – it could have been difference-making mistakes and should have been or could have – really could have been – when it comes to the extra point and when it comes to the, the muffed punt. Here to the, uh, <laughs> it, was, God. it was, well, it was a touchdown, right? I mean, right, let's right. See, seven of Alabama's points were off of the, the muff punt. And yeah. of course, you know, that, that is not a coaching thing. It's not like Jay Harbaugh is coaching them to, you know, take, take those, those risky catches. We just got to be more secure in the way that we catch the football. Yeah. And, but the one late in the game, when he switched up his returner, I don't listen, I'm not in practice, but, I think the old standards go, if you're standing on the 10-yard line with your heels in the white and the ball goes over your head, you don't catch it. No. You let it go. And yep. so we made that mental mistake. And, I'm again, this, so it was just a series of special teams mess. And, uh, you know, again, we found a way to win the game. I'm expecting that to all be cleaned up for next week against Washington. But, um, you know, the, the story of the game was the, the, the roller coaster of the offense the special teams, which are very uncharacteristic of Michigan, and we we overcame those mistakes in a defensive front that was all off the chain. It's just mm. unbelievably effective and caused so much confusion. And that Alabama offensive line, I'm watching the replays, and I'm like, these guys have no idea where the blue shirts are coming from. Yeah, Jesse Minter and that defensive staff are unbelievable at game planning against that Alabama front and, and using their – Inexperienced. Their, their, their left tackle, my lord, that guy's going to be an unbelievable football player in his career, that young kid. Right. But he was not playing with a lot of confidence when he was been pass pro. Run run blocking, he's a monster. Yeah. But uh, And he moved some people several times as well as their offensive line. But in pass pro, they didn't know what was going on, Ballas. No. His head was, it was a combination of D-line twists and, combat and, and linebacker blitzes and safeties yeah. coming up. They didn't know what was going on, and it was, from our perspective, awesome to watch. It sure was, and Jesse Minner kind of told us what to expect using some of their experience against them. He said, yeah, hey, look, look, these are guys are great football players, but uh, they're great they're great athletes right now who will become great football players with experience. And I said, you know, you, I went down there on the field before the game and I was looking at the bodies and the body types. And again, every time you see these games, because these are the best of the best athletes in the country that Alabama recruits, Michigan's got some good ones too, but the body type is different. And I thought, holy crap, if these guys play like they look, you're in trouble. <laughs> at the same time, I thought Michigan's defensive linemen, I thought they were faster. I thought they were stronger and uh, more experienced. And that and that counts for something. But really, credit to the Michigan offensive line, who I underestimated. I, they needed to play their best game in this game, I thought, to win. I didn't know that they had it in them, especially with Zach Zinter out. But really, unbelievable performance. Yeah. And the two tackles in particular, those were our concerns, right? Ladarius oh, yeah. left and then Trente at right. Trente has been a strong run blocker his entire time at Michigan, but struggled a bit at times in pass pro. Did a nice job. And Ladarius over there had a couple plays where he got stood up in, in some in running in running situations where he didn't have any effective movement. 
But overall, the offensive line did a great job in this football game of protecting J.J. I got uh, four pressures in the entire game. Only two times was the offensive line responsible for him being touched. Right. Two times, Ballas. Yeah. Outstanding. No sacks. Just, a, you know, from an offensive line perspective, it's just like you guys did a really, really great job. Again, Sharon Moore. Yeah. Great coach. And health. Uh, I think, you know what, uh, Darius, uh, not Darius, Drake Nugent was playing on one leg in that Iowa game, and you could tell that he was struggling. He said he probably shouldn't have played with a high ankle sprain, and I understand that guys play through various injuries. That's a tough one when you are playing with a high ankle sprain, as you would know. So, But credit to the uh, offensive tackles and the job that they did and the movement they got. I, I thought, uh, you know what, in the running game, Michigan finished with – I think 130 yards rushing or something like that. And uh, it was enough. It was, it was perfect. It, it was enough. And, and of course mm-hmm. the late one ballast, the old 47 G We pull the guard, pull the tackle. <laughs> Barnhart comes up, gets the kick. And then, and then it, it was Trente comes around the corner and I think it was Trente, but it was basically 47 G you, you got to you, you kick the defensive end. The second body goes up to the front side linebacker and Corum makes the rest of it happen. Yeah. That's old school. And, and it just felt like, again, back to the bright lights of the moment at the big, at the beginning there, not only are you in the Rose bowl and the, and the stealth bomber flyover and the whole nine yards in the moment. And then you look across the field and it's Alabama, right? Yeah. You, you, this is Alabama and Nick Saban, right? Oh my gosh, how do we measure up? And there's a moment there, right? And I, and I think back to my time playing against the Washington team in 91 with Steve Etman and that NFL offensive front. It was a lot of heart beating through the chest, like, oh my God, am I going to survive this, right? And it just felt like this offensive line at Michigan within the first series was like, wait a minute, these guys are wearing the red the red helmets and that's Nick Saban standing over there, but shit, we can play with these guys. And yeah. they just felt, they just grabbed onto it really fast. Like we yeah. got this up front yeah. with the Michigan offensive line. And so yeah. they, they did a great job. Yeah, it was special to watch. And and when J.J. McCarthy settled down, got into the flow, uh, the last drive was a thing of beauty. There were a couple of things that I saw, a couple of sweeps that looked like with some misdirection or something. Uh, what was on that last drive? Do you know what I'm talking about? They ran Corum left a couple of times where he's sweeping, and uh, it wasn't any 47G that I saw. And maybe you'll have to go back and watch it. I'd have to go uh, back and watch it. I'm not, I, I don't recall the plays specifically that you're talking about. But, okay. but Michigan, I didn't see anything – run wise that we okay. haven't seen all year out of Michigan. Okay. There may have been a few more tendencies there, but, um, but Blake Corum, uh, arguably my MVP of the Rose bowl, mm-hmm. uh, just because of the way, again, he's, he's Mike Hart 2.0 blocking all blocking. The blocking is off the charts and, and always falling forward and grinding. And, and the guy plays well beyond his physical stature out there. He does. And he looked like the Blake Corum of old with some of those jump cuts. Oh yeah. <laughs> And uh, he's back to being, you know, the Blake Corum that we saw. And I think he's going to have a big game against Washington as well. And we'll talk about Washington here in a minute. And I thought it was really apropos, Michigan and Washington, for all the marbles here, man. There we go. And, uh, <laughs> and God, ESPN's worst nightmare, right? Oh, yes. Yes. It, I was I was, I was, was joking around with some of my former teammates in a little text thread. Like, I, I think the they think the, uh, the SEC is forming a committee to try to figure out a way to get one of their teams into this final. They just can't deal right. with this reality. And so here we go. Yeah, it's an old Rose Bowl matchup. It's, you know, Michigan-Washington. So here we go. Yeah, I got to tell you, by the way, I was on the field before the game at the Rose Bowl, and you're taking in the scenery. Did you ever have a chance when you were just a player to to look around? And uh, obviously you're focused on the game, but I was watching Blake Corum, and I was watching, I was right next to Donovan Edwards as they were talking, and Fred Jackson, 
who, uh, you know, has been around forever. He's now there as an analyst. He, he went up to Donovan Edwards and he said, man, this is, and he kind of looked over at us and said, this isn't our last game, man. I just, you know, I can, he just thought he had a feeling. He said, I can, can you feel it? And, uh, Blake comes up to him, man, do you feel this? And Donald says, can you feel this? He goes, yeah, I feel this. And you look up and there's the mountains, right? And mm -hmm. the field is as clean as any grass field that I have ever stepped on. It's it's unbelievable. It looks like it's fake. When you step it on it, you think it's fake. It is, yeah. uh, is, is McAfee, I think, in one of the pregames is like, this is the best turf in all of North ever. America. It is true. It's like yeah. Ballas, you and I have played some pretty nice golf courses. That turf out there, did it not look like a well-manicured golf course? Like, it did. You know, a real tight fairway, was, maybe the first cut on a green. It's unbelievable. Unreal. And, yeah. I, and you're, I'm out there in my uh, shoes that are, you know, slipping. And I can't slip. <laughs> I can't slip on this stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, because we've seen guys in the past, TCU last year, right, on the yeah. uh, inside. These guys were slipping everywhere. They were getting in and out of their cuts and, uh, and everything else. And it was beautiful. It's, but just the atmosphere was amazing. And the Michigan fans, I'll tell you what, I thought it was a mistake for Alabama, I understand that you want to be on defense first, but Michigan got to choose which way they went, and they went right towards that Michigan section, and it was loud. It was like going towards the Michigan student section scheme. Could you hear it on TV? Oh yeah, yeah. You could. The, the fans were. You could hear. And then when you were when when Michigan was on the other end, you could hear the Bama fans too yeah. making some noise. But then that, I guess it would be the north end there, the Michigan end zone, the colored end there. You could feel and hear it. Yeah, at least the, uh, certainly on the television broadcast. So it's, you know, it's. Again, back to the, it's hard to describe if you haven't been there as a fan, certainly as a player. But yes, to your question, when we were freshmen, we got a, you know, none of us were playing. So we had a chance to, you know, look around like, oh my God, we're really in this, in the Rose Bowl. And you can, yeah. you can feel the entire history of college football when you're there and all the players that have ever stepped on that field. It's, it's, it's a, it's one of those, you know, Wayne's World moments where you're like, I'm not worthy to be here kind of feeling, you know. And then you realize, oh, wait a minute. I, I got this uniform on. I'm supposed to be here. And here we go. And you could see the Michigan football team embrace that moment. And then unlike when we played all those decades ago, there is more after the Rose Bowl. There's another step. And these guys clearly kept that focus throughout the, the entire year, Ballas. And this is where they said they were going to get back to a year ago after the TCU debacle. They said, this is, this doesn't end this way and we're going to fix this. And here they are, they've done it. Yeah, they sure have Uh real quick. I want to talk about Lewis jewelers here. One of our sponsors who, uh, you know, I have bought my long ago. I bought my wife a five year uh, anniversary ring from them. That was uh, just unbelievable. Um, serving the Ann Arbor and Detroit region since 1921, Lewis Jewelers' reputation and continued success stems from their belief that a successful jewelry store is built on integrity, quality customer service, and quality products. I bought a ton of stuff from them over the years. Lewis Jewelers are a proud partner of the Wolverine and Michigan Athletics. To ensure every client that walks through their doors or peruses a virtual store is taken care of, they have a non-commissioned Trusted advisor team that's always ready to provide professional experience, advice, and expertise. No pressure, no commission. And that's a big deal. Um, if you go into some of those mall stores, schemes, you, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So located in the bustling city limits of Ann Arbor, Michigan, Lewis Jewelers proudly serve the Ann Arbor and surrounding southeastern Michigan communities by providing an exquisite selection of fine jewelry as well as excellent customer service to its residents and visitors. And again, I can attest to that. Visit them at their location at 300 South Maple Road, Ann Arbor, or online at lewisjewelers.com. And uh, I can't say enough good things about them. So we really appreciate them. So, all right, let's get back to talking a little bit of football here. And um, I want to talk once more about the, the last drive scheme. What's your thought going into that? Because, you know, with 41 yards, 
to that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, what had what were the adjustments that you saw from Alabama that made it tough on the Michigan offense in that second half? Well, they loaded the box a little mm-hmm. bit, right? They they put more defenders near near the line of scrimmage, and and uh, made it a little more difficult for us to do what we wanted to do, which was just run the football, which is our identity. It's who we mm-hmm. are. And I think Alabama's defensive staff sniffed that our quarterback wasn't on his A game. And so let's make him feel a little more pressure. And they did. And really in the in the second half on those on those first and tens, we had four first and tens with less than two yards. Mm-hmm. And in the first half was the same, but in the second half we had more runs that went for less than two less than two yards on first down. So, but that last drive. Something something happened on that sideline, Ballas, because yeah. like I said earlier, the walls were closing in. Yeah, the the things were slipping through their hands, and it's, you know, I sat on the couch. I'm thinking, this is going to be disappointing, but here we go. Let's we'll see if they've got it, and they found a way, right? And 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 then Coach Harbaugh and the fourth down had to make the big decision there, and didn't hesitate. No, and so he looked a little bit like Dan Campbell there for a moment. Uh, yeah. you know, with the with the fourth down, but he's been doing this all year, which is an indicator of his confidence in his players. Yeah. And he's got a veteran team out there and they've all been here, done this. So let's just go do what we do. And so they executed and and there's nothing more to it. They just found a way to take a deep breath in that moment and go down and score. And then for a moment, it was them in total calm and control of the football game. And it's yeah. all that mattered. Did you see the looping defensive lineman come over and almost get a hand on that pass to Blake? Yeah. Coleman, by the way, yeah. we're talking a matter of inches. You want to talk yeah. about a game of inches? Here are three or four plays here, right? The first play were the interception where the kid's stepping out of bounds by an inch on the white. His back right? cleat, his back his cleat back by cleat. about an inch and a half of his foot. Exactly. And yep. doesn't get reestablished. So that's one. <laughs> Another one, the ball that. JJ McCarthy threw to Roman Wilson that got tipped and it's going up. You know what? If it it's still up, spiraled, it's still spiraled. And <laughs> Roman Wilson climbs the ladder. You had a defensive back right there waiting to make that pick. If he doesn't make yep. the catch uh, a matter of inches. And then that last one with the looping defensive tackle, but Trent a. Jones was right there to pick him up. Those guys were in position. You want to talk about a well-coached offensive line for this mm-hmm. game. And uh, I cannot say enough because that to me was going to be the difference in the game, right? That Michigan was not going to be able to contend with two ends, let alone one, but they were healthier. Carson Barnhart is playing in position. We talked about this before the game that one of the, it's not good to not have Zach Zinner out there, but Carson Barnhart is at least playing in his natural position. Mm-hmm. And you've got a guy in Trente Jones who hasn't played as much football and is fresh, really answered the bell, man. That's the kid that I really want to give credit to. Yeah. Trente did a great job. Yep. And, and like I said, Back to two years ago when he was a starter. He got hurt in the Iowa game two years ago down in Iowa City there and the right ankle injury, and then he's struggled to be in the lineup since, but has been on the field in short yardage and goal line situations many, many times. Trente consistently moves people. He's a big, strong guy, and he's been effective in run blocking the whole time. But we can go back in the course of our podcast and look down at some of the plays. And in pass pro, Trente has got caught flat-footed, bent at the waist in pass pro, and given up some pressures and some hits. And so that's why we thought, oh, my gosh, how is this going to work in this game? And then over on the left side with Ladarius, think of the Penn State game start and even a couple snaps in the Ohio State game. It's like, oh, how are we going to protect the edge here? They both did an outstanding job. Carson going to right guard takes him back to familiar grounds. And listen, the reality is being a guard and playing a little bit of tackle myself at Michigan, there's far less, uh, there's far more of a margin of error at guard than there is at tackle. Mm -hmm. You've got help to the left, you've got help to the right. And so 
it allows you to be a little more aggressive in there. It allows you to play a little more uh, freewheeling in there, but you still have to have that spatial relationship in pass pro. And when you're dealing with twisting defensive linemen, half the battle is getting your body in position with your line mates before you even touch a defender. And if you're in the right position with my right hip and really, if I'm, if I'm Carson, if my right hip is in the right position with Trente at right tackle, and my left hip is in line with Nugent in center, we can pass anything off in front of us. As soon as one guy gets a hip exposed or out of alignment, and one guy's too high or one guy's too deep, it falls apart really, really fast. And you can look at the way Michigan's defensive line executed against Alabama's offensive line. We got into their hips. You can't pass off twisting guys if your hips are out of alignment. So this is the kind of stuff that, that Coach Moore – drilled into this offensive line and got them in position to have success and they executed. Yeah. Did a great yeah. job. Yeah, they sure did. All right. 20 to 19 Michigan's down there. Was there any thought going in through your head that maybe they'll go for two? Oh because God, was, no, no. Okay. I was <laughs> all right. But I was a little nervous the way that William Wagner, with all due respect, has been snapping because uh, you know what? He put the one on the ground and, and he had a couple of high ones and I'm thinking, Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and James Turner wasn't on his game either. No. Uh, well, so, yeah. so when, when you're, when you're snapper, Rolls one back. Yeah. Young guys again, big moment, big stadium, big opponent. Um, it can it can rattle you a little bit. Yeah. So he rolls one back. That's a disaster. It's embarrassing. The whole world is watching this football game. <laughs> and you just embarrass yourself in front of everybody. So then he goes out and compensates for a bullet that's high. Yeah. And now that throws off the rhythm of your kicker, and everybody's wondering, ooh, is this snap going to be good? Right. And that's and that's natural, but he settles in. So, no, there was no question in my mind, we're going to kick this thing. We're going to go to overtime. Dan Campbell, you know, part two is not on the sidelines there. <laughs> okay, and then going shotgun on – the play from the end zone. What in God's name? All right. I, 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 I was at that point, Ballas, you what know, are you doing? Man, I, I cannot compare myself to these guys in this coaching staff. I'm not right. Jim Harbaugh, right? I'm just right. a commentator, a former fat guy. What are we doing here? Shotgun into the end zone. <laughs> the damn thing and live to fight another day, right? I'm thinking, what are you thinking? Yes, I know. Yeah. But again, crazy. this is, this is coach Moore and coach Harbaugh. Like we got this. I don't care I where we're at. I got I got guys that can execute. Yeah. I don't I don't worry about these kinds of things. Well, I did. I honest. did too. <laughs> so, what could possibly go wrong, right? Oh, I mean, we we looked through the uh, the trouble with the snap game. So, uh, but really, the calm, cool, collectedness that they showed, especially on defense. You know what? When Mason Graham makes a play, and what a play! That was really one of the underrated plays of the game on second down there when he sniffs out the, the handoff to the running back and gets him for like a four yard loss. Mm -hmm. Okay, now you're know they're in four down territory. But as Jesse Minner told me in the locker room, he said, "Now we know it's going to be a four down. We're going to look at their two plays." Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, so that that play in particular because yeah. i read some of the comments from coach saban after the game that, and there was some 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 quotes about how they could have gotten into better looks right on that particular play if you go back and you look from the sky cam view they asked their left guard it was either left guard or center i can't remember to to take an angle on mason grant so if i'm the left guard mason's playing in my right arm to my right arm in the a gap and they asked him to cut him off from the backside. that's a damn hard block ballast yeah. Damn yeah. hard. So a more advanced offense, you look in there, your quarterback or your center, whoever it is, somebody goes, well, this blocking angle sucks. We're not going to do this in this moment. So let's change something, right? Kill, kill, kill. Easy, easy, easy. 
opposite, opposite, whatever it is to get out of that blocking angle and get into something that makes more sense. You could gap and fold the backside, which means, all right, so let's bring the center backwards and I'll loop around the center to go try to go at his guy. You seal up your angles. Alabama did not do that. Why didn't they do it? I don't know, but they didn't do it. And that allowed Mason Graham, who's a hell of a good player, obviously, to make the big play. So thank God that Alabama didn't adjust. Yeah. And then uh, I thought Josh Wallace played a really good game. And, oh, yeah. Uh, this kid, you know what, a Massachusetts kid, a kid from UMass, everybody's like, well, how's he going to play in the Big Ten? Uh, he's played these teams before. I think they played Alabama once before, if I'm not mistaken, when he was at uh, UMass. So uh, but to make the tackle, okay, it's one thing to get beat and they get 11 yards on the play, but to not give it up uh, and, and live the fight another day, right, for fourth mm-hmm. and three. But I think everybody knew that that fourth and three play was going to Milrow. Um, and the job that Derek Moore did, we didn't have any idea from where we were, who made the play. Derek Moore gets underneath. He's being held like this by an offensive lineman. By the way, five games in a row now that Michigan's defensive line has or hasn't drawn an, an off, a holding it's, penalty. And there were, were a couple in, there was a, there was a couple in their bowels. I'm like, what in the hell? I What's don't going know. on out there? Okay, but know. for him to get underneath there, and then Josiah Stewart, another kid from Coastal Carolina, yep. take a 360-pounder, and pushes his fat ass back into the back. Unbelievable. He got his left hand up underneath his shoulder pad and got the hip leverage and, and, and bench pressed him up and in and moved him into the backfield. Everybody knew because Milrow was going to have the ball. But what I thought before that snap was they're not going to trust this kid to throw a touch pass into this end zone. It's going to be him trying to find a crease in the middle or they're going to roll him out and try to put a shoulder down and get in the end zone. It was the first and Michigan was ready I think Michigan would have been equally ready if they had rolled him out. It might have been yeah. a given better chance, but yeah. we submarine them. Our defensive line clearly won the battle in the trenches against their offensive front, and the result was a big celebration. It sure was, and that crowd went nuts. And uh, boy, <laughs> the players, I, have you ever? You were there. Totally. I've never seen a sideline get on the field faster than yeah. the end of that game. I'm like the game ended and every guy in the Michigan sideline was instantly at the 50. I'm like, that's a couple the guys. A couple guys said on. they were out there and thought they were going to get flagged. <laughs> once they saw it happen, but, uh, but really just the emotion uh, watching the coaches hugging their wives and, and in tears. And uh, now you got to regroup because you still got a game to play here, Skeen on a Monday yeah. night. How confident are you? And you know, these guys are different, right? Uh, you, they, we've seen the emotion from these guys against Penn State, against Ohio State. They've always regrouped and come back. This team has that feel of just a championship team. I just can't see them losing on a Monday night, even as good as Washington's passing game is. I think that I, I like our chances here, Ballas. Yeah. I, I look at, I watched the entire Texas Washington game and uh, was texting with my buddies there, my era of players, and, mm-hmm. and watching the game all together and sharing our thoughts. We like our chances of our running game versus their defensive front. Yeah. They had a disruptive uh, number eight there for Washington was all over the place. You can pass protect this guy. And I just think if we line up and run our base offense and they want to load the box with moving their safeties down, fine. I think our tight ends are going to have a bigger, bigger day in this championship game. I think our wide receivers will have a bigger day in this championship game. And quite frankly, Blake Corum, Blake Corum should be the MVP of the national championship game because I got a feeling we're going to be able to run the football on these guys. So yeah, I, yeah. I like that matchup. And defensively, yeah, they have a they have a nice left tackle who's going to play guard in the NFL. Kid's really good, but he's a he's a body of a guard in the NFL, maybe even mm-hmm. a center, but he'll be a guard in the NFL. He's their best player. The rest of their offensive line does not look any better than Alabama's. 
Um, so I like our chances there. And if we can get if we can get Penix a little uncomfortable and don't give him the time to launch those darts deep, because that's his no. best. He's yeah. really good at throwing the darts to the deep ball. Yeah. And he's got incredible receivers who are really good at one-on-ones. But if he don't have time balance, it ain't going to matter. Yeah, 11 sacks they've given up this year on, a, on 522 pass attempts, okay? So I'm going to say they're a little better than Alabama in pass protection. Well, um, that's also a quarterback, Bows. That's right. also a quarterback who gets rid of the football and wide receivers yep. that are on time, on schedule to be in right. their route. So it's yep. not all on the offensive line, but True. listen, they're there for a reason. They're undefeated for a reason. I watched a few of their games, watched the Apple Cup game. This team, this Washington team, you ain't going to phase them. They ain't going to mm-hmm. be afraid. of you. They believe they're going to find a way to win, just like our team does. Yeah, I can't wait to see it, man. It's going to be uh, fantastic. So we actually are on our way to Houston on Friday. Uh, unbelievably long season skiing. This is this is crazy. <laughs> I mean, and the good news is, Ballas, we're talking about football. We are. It's fifteen. <laughs> this will be fifteen games, man. And it's like I remember when we used to be done before Thanksgiving. We'd go get fat and happy and have some pumpkin pie and stuff like that, and not have to worry about the you know you go to a bowl game and it's all fun all right the state of bowl games now uh an embarrassment something's got to be done there right because that just cannot continue so so i i made it a point to watch two games i wanted to mm-hmm. see two two of the matchups i wanted to see georgia florida state <laughs> uh that game was over in the first three possessions yes uh and i texted a buddy i said this is good god this is going to be over and yeah. it was bad um so i yeah. ended up turning that off and, then, and I, I didn't i read later the florida state had 19 players that didn't yeah. play in that game so that yeah. And then, yeah. of course, the other game I wanted to see, I want to see the Buckeyes play against Missouri. Yeah. And so I, I turned I turned the game on and I watched I watched that whole game, Ballas, because I was just in shock. Yeah. Like, who who are these guys in Ohio State uniforms and where did they come from? Because this this did not look like a team that I watched play the season. No. And and they looked like a team offensively, especially offensively, that had no interest in being there. It was like chicken sandwich time before the, the game even started. And it and was really way, bad. And so as, as a commentary on the bowl season itself, these non-playoff games a year from now, these non-playoff bowl games are a total joke. They are yep. nothing more than spring football 2.0. You'll have family and friends in the stands. I feel bad for the guys that are seniors that are going to play in their last games because no one's going to care. The top 10 players on their team aren't even going to play. Right. And, and, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's exhibition football and no one cares. I don't know. Now, what'll be interesting is the 12 teams that are in it. I'm assuming, think about this, Ballas. Will all of those players play? Let's take, let's take the number 12 seed next year. Right. And maybe they just got in and their first matchup is against number one Michigan or number one Alabama. You think be some guys going, you know what? We're not going to win, so I'm going to opt out anyway. Sorry, Coach. I'm not playing this game. I think it's going to happen, sadly. I think it's going to happen. But it'll be an improvement from what we have now, which is four teams that are all in and everyone else who doesn't really give a shit. Yeah. Well, there will be others that do because they're going to be, for example, Georgia didn't get in. And they could have won the whole thing this year. Yep. Uh, Oregon, I think, uh, had a case, you know, that, okay, we could beat anybody there. So I think there will be several that do. But uh, there's no question that the bowl game uh, season has just become an absolute joke. And half of them are named, you know, names I've never even heard of before. Yeah, you it's, know? It's, Remember- it's really, really bad. It is the collapse of the bowl system as we knew yep. it. And next year is the dawn of a new era. I think we, we're going to be 12 teams for a long time. But I wouldn't be surprised if that gets up to 16 or more. Yeah. 
in the future as these other bowl games become totally uninteresting. I would agree. All right, last thing I want to talk about is that Lions game. You, I told you, I told you <laughs> they cheat. They cheat the Lions, and now the NFL is trying to cover its ass by saying that, well, they shouldn't have tried to confuse them. The guy went no. up there, Taylor Decker went up there and no. showed him his number and told him, and come Coach, on, man. Coach Campbell drew the play up, told him explicitly what it was going to be before the game. The white hat, I think his name is Allen, right? Uh, yeah. The referee, the, the, the guy in the white hat. Absolutely dropped the ball and screwed it up. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You can just, you can't even say the formation itself. Skipper wasn't even eligible on that play. Decker was. It's it's not a discussion. The guy in the white hat screwed it up. Yeah. It cost the Lions dearly. Yes. And, and, and maybe a, a second home playoff game. I don't know. But as I, as I watch that game and I'm watching the Lions, there's a couple things that come to mind. They're going to be all right, Ballas. They're ahead. Yeah. They're ahead of the schedule of this general manager and this head coach has got them going. Yeah. They're two or three guys away from from being an NFC championship contender, I think, really. Um, and they may be this year. I don't know. Yeah. They, they really may be. They got some special guys, and they got it going. And the Let's talk about our day, guy. Talk about our guy. Well, which which one? Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden, well, obviously, Aiden. I mean, come on. The kid. The kid is. He's doing yeah. what, he, what he's been doing since we've been watching him forever. He, he only has one gear, and he goes all out, and then you see him tap his head, I need a breather. He's out of the game. He's back in the game. He had that inside spin move and, and absolutely swallowed up Dak Prescott, and it's like this kid's got three sacks against a pretty damn good offensive line. Yeah, He's, he's going to be an all-pro, and maybe even this year. And so he's awesome to watch, and, and but there's other guys. And, and so the, the Lions need someone opposite him, if it's getting back Houston or whoever it is on that other end, to take some pressure off him because they still slide his way, Ballas. They're yeah. bringing Ferguson in and chipping him to slow him down. They need someone to take a little bit of heat off of him, and they need a corner, right? And they got to keep that offensive line intact. These Detroit Lions are going to be fine. What I have a question for you is, if the L.A. Rams come to town – in the first round of the playoffs, are you going to get your Stafford jersey out and your Stafford? Uh, Come on, man! Paint? I told you I was happy that he got here. Are you going to Super Bowl? No, hell no! I'm all in for the Lions, man. We were out there watching it. We were pissed off, and I almost got thrown out of NBC Universal uh, and Universal Studios. Uh, you know me; I get a little bit hot sometimes, and uh, I was livid because I'm like, they cheated him again. They cheated him again. Did they you grow did. up a Cowboys fan or a Lions fan? Or did you I grew up that? a Cowboys fan. I well, was a Cowboys you. forever. Can well, you, you can, can say that in fairness, but it, yes. but when we left, when we left, um, when Jerry Jones bought the team and immediately fired Tom Landry, who was one of my childhood right. heroes. I love right. Coach Landry, and um, that upset me. So that that was the first chink in the armor for my love for the Dallas Cowboys, and then. When you, when you go through the college football experience and then you make it to the NFL, suddenly your childhood favorite team, for me, didn't matter anymore. And yeah. I've, I've enjoyed watching the Cowboys struggle over all these years. So yeah. I, I don't call myself an official Lions fan, but I'm becoming one, obviously with the tie-in with Hutch. And I want to see him do well. And I'm really enjoying watching this head coach and this football team because Ballas, similar but not the same. They're coming together. They yeah. play with grit. They play with toughness. And the general manager is drafting football players, unlike previous general managers in Detroit, who brought in guys who didn't love football, right? They're bringing in football players. They got a coach who has an eye for football players. And it's enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Culture matters, Deion Sanders, right? Prime time. Last, last thing. 
here. Um, your thoughts? Uh, pick, give me a score in the, in the Michigan Washington game. I got something like Michigan. Mm. I think Michigan thirty four to, to twenty four or something like that. Seems yeah. right to me. I like that thirty four twenty one ish. I I have a hard time believing Penix is going to get his shots. They're going to yeah. make some. They're going to make some big hits. Um, I just have. A, I just don't see how they do it the entire game, and they're not going to run the football down our throat. I think they may have lost their number one running back badly. He left uh, with what looked like a pretty bad foot injury. I think his foot might have got crunched by one of those big boys yeah. up front there. Um, so they that's a big loss for them. So I I, I like a two possession, ten point, maybe even fourteen point win for Michigan. Okay. I just want to see our quarterback have a calm start, JJ, because we know yeah. he's better than what he was. And um, just take a deep breath. This is the Washington Huskies. This is not the Detroit Lions. This is not the 49ers or the Baltimore Ravens we're playing here. So right. I think I think this is the lessons learned from this Rose Bowl and getting over the Nick Saban Alabama hump will play well for us come Monday night. I do too. Last, last question. I can't begrudge Jim Harbaugh if he decides that he gets here and now he's taking Michigan to the pinnacle and wants to go to the pros. Uh, I don't think Mich- any other Michigan fan should either. Your thoughts? I don't know. They shouldn't. They shouldn't no. because uh, especially if we win Monday yep. night, which I think we will, um, you know, the guy had, had has climbed the mountain, uh, several mountains, and had cl- will have climbed it to get to the uh, the national championship at Michigan. I mean, uh, it's obvious, you know, if anybody that's watched Coach Harbaugh, this is one of the most competitive human beings ever mm-hmm. on the planet. This dude gets irritated when he loses at a game of cornhole ballast yeah, yeah. On, on a holiday, right? So um, – for him to get here with Michigan and the right opportunity comes along and he gets to go chase a Lombardi trophy. He like, he just turned 60. The clock is ticking. I think if, if it comes along, he'll take it and I won't blame him one bit. We'll say, thank you, coach. And then uh, the, the bigger question I have is how many guys does he take with him? Yeah. From his Michigan staff to the NFL, because I'm interested yeah. in the next coach is going to be in retaining as much of the staff as possible. But that's again, that's an era in college football that has yeah. passed in that you get a lot of staff changes when you have coaching changes. But um, hopefully yeah. it works out. Yeah. Jesse Minter will be a, an NFL coach. I think he'd take Ben Herbert with him, which would be tough. Uh, That'd be tough. Coach, it would I be tough. I love Sharon Moore, and I, I think it will be him. There's no question about it in my mind. So, uh, But let's see what happens. We'll see if he has the right uh, opportunity here. So we'll talk more uh, next week after the national championship game. Hopefully a good one for Michigan. Doug Skeen on the Skeen and Ballas show this week only, and uh, we'll have you on next week. Thanks, Doug. Happy New Year, brother. Go Blue. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.